welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope this week finds you well. I'd like to remind you that my store, the Mary Max store, is available to you with lovely gifts for you and another bereaved friend or relative especially our I Remember collection. Partial proceeds from the store help to support the Foundation for Grieving Children, Inc., which I established many years ago. So today, I'd like to speak about an extraordinary man, His Royal Highness, the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh of the United Kingdom. Married for 73 years to the longest reigning monarch in the world, Queen Elizabeth II of Great Britain. Philip was born on the kitchen table of his family's villa in Corfu, the fifth child and only son of Prince Andrew of Greece in 1921. He had four older sisters. Just after Prince Philip was born, his uncle, the King of Greece, King Constantine I, was forced to abdicate after the Greco-Turkish War from 1919 to 1922. Prince Philip's father, Prince Andrew, was working in the army at the time and was accused of treason and exiled. King George V of Great Britain ordered that a Royal Navy ship should evacuate the family, and Prince Philip was carried to safety in a cot that was made from an orange box in December 1922. He was just 18 months old at the time. The family fled to Paris and he would attend boarding schools in Paris, Germany, and Scotland. And when Philip was nine, his mother was admitted to a Swiss sanatorium, which is an asylum, and was held against her will after being diagnosed with schizophrenia. After school, he enrolled in the Royal Naval College, and it was there that he first met Princess Elizabeth and her younger sister, Princess Margaret, when their parents, King George VI and his wife, Queen Elizabeth, were on tour of the college. In 1939, Princess Elizabeth was only 13 at the time, 
but Prince Philip was subsequently invited to Buckingham Palace as a young war hero later on. They stayed in touch through writing, yet it wasn't until 1946 that Prince Philip requested her hand in marriage. It wasn't until the following year, on the 20th of November 1947, that they were married. Now Prince Philip and his new bride continued with his naval career, but only a few years later into their marriage, it was apparent that King George VI's health required his daughter Princess Elizabeth and her new husband to take over many of his duties. It was then that Prince Philip needed to leave his naval duties and assist the princess with hers. In 1952, King George VI died in his sleep from lung cancer, and it was Prince Philip who needed to deliver the news to his wife. King George was only 56. The following year, Princess Elizabeth became Queen Elizabeth II, and Prince Philip entered into a life of service to Her Majesty and the people of the United Kingdom. The Prince and Queen Elizabeth had four children, Prince Charles, Princess Anne, Prince Andrew, and Prince Edward, as well as eight grandchildren and ten great-grandchildren. It is recorded that Prince Philip performed 22,991 solo engagements. He took 637 overseas visits, made 5,493 speeches, and wrote 14 books. For me, that is impressive enough, but what is truly amazing is that he was married to Her Majesty the Queen for 73 years. 73 years! And once she became queen, served as the longest-running consort for 68 years. Now, I don't know many couples who were married that long, have you? So I've been thinking of Queen Elizabeth since Prince Philip's death last Friday, April 9th, which ironically happens to be my own birthday, and can't imagine what she must be feeling at this time. Now, you might think that just because she is a royal, that she might not have the right to be feeling the same grief and pain and overwhelm that another widow would feel. And I believe that not only is she entitled to those feelings, but the emptiness from the loss of his presence after more than seven decades would be unbearable. Yes, she might not show it publicly, but quietly, when he isn't there for her, she might feel such a void, such a loss. When you've spoken with someone almost every day of your adult life, and they are no longer there, how could you not feel that void? 
As we all know, at the beginning of our grief and throughout the funeral and burial, we are surrounded by all our loved ones who flock to us for support. But when they all go home, it can be exceptionally lonely. A new life begins whether we want it to or not. We don't prefer this new life. We want the old one we had before. That was more comforting, more secure. It's all we knew. Now we really aren't sure what it's supposed to be without the love of our life. And for many of us, we aren't sure what those emotions are supposed to be, whether they are natural and normal. And while we might have experienced the death of another loved one, losing your spouse, the closest person to you, is a different grief. It is the most personal, the one you more than likely shared all your secrets and dreams with. And as you grow older, you leave your parents and make a home with your new spouse. Your children grow and leave to build their own homes. But it is your spouse you live the majority of your life with, if you're fortunate. And Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip were so fortunate. Certainly no relationship is perfect, but to be able to spend 73 years with someone who was always supporting you in your role as monarch is not something anyone else has done. Prince Philip's service to his queen and the people of the United Kingdom was extraordinary. When this episode airs, it will be the day after Prince Philip's funeral. Just a few short four days later, the Queen will celebrate her 95th birthday. Her beloved will not be there to celebrate with her. I certainly hope her family will be. In Britain, the tradition is that the monarch celebrates her true birthday, which is April 21st, 1926, and also in June at the Trooping of the Color, which is a formal ceremony. In 1977, at her Silver Jubilee, I happened to be visiting London with my parents. It was an amazing ceremony performed by regiments of the British and Commonwealth armies. I was so in awe at how they were all walking in unison. So the Queen gets to celebrate her birthday twice each year. Also in June, on the 10th, would have been Prince Philip's 100th birthday. I have to say, I felt so sad that he didn't make it to his 100th birthday, just two months shy. So the next few months will be exceptionally trying for the Queen, with her birthdays and Prince Philip's approaching. So we send our deepest condolences 
to Her Royal Highness, the Queen Elizabeth II, and her family. We are sending you our love, and please know how much we're thinking of you. So now, it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you might think this is really silly, but please just do it for me anyway, okay? listening in today and share my podcast with those who may benefit from this knowledge. Remember to write five things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. Please subscribe to my podcast and rate and review at www.themarymacshow.com. Sign up for my private email list there so we can stay in touch. And you'll receive my free ebook to immediately download. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon. <laughs>